0: Welcome to the Grace City Tampa Podcast. My name is Alex Damari. Me and my wife Brianna are the lead pastors. Our vision is to lead people into a life-transforming relationship with Jesus Christ. We pray that today's podcast will build you up, lift your faith, and encourage you in the journey. Here's the message. Would you turn in your Bibles to Acts 3 verse 17? Acts 3, 17. We're in the season of Advent, and we started our Advent series entitled The Arrival last Sunday. We also started a devotional together, which I loved seeing all the posts, and I want to encourage you to keep posting, keep reading and posting that you're reading through that devotional. It's been so encouraging. Uh, just to take some intentional time to remember during this season what Jesus did for us and who he is to us. And instead of focusing on the gifts that Jesus brought, I wanted to focus on the three major roles that Jesus came to fill in the coming of Jesus. And uh, some people call them offices. uh, And the three offices that he filled was Jesus, our high priest, Jesus, our prophet, and Jesus, our reigning king. And if you didn't miss last week, make sure you go listen to the podcast, because I think it's so important that we understand what Jesus did for us in approaching God as our high priest. See, not only did he fill that role, the office of high priest, Jesus also filled the role of our prophet. And today we're going to focus in on that. In executing this role as prophet, Jesus fulfills God's words. It's important to see. He fulfills the promises and the prophecies of before. He declares God's words. This is what Jesus does. And lastly, he is God's word. Let's talk about what that means for us a little bit more. Acts 3 verse 17. Right before this scripture, Peter and John are out and they heal a lame beggar. And it talks about in the beginning of this chapter how they begin to walk the streets and people begin to gather around them and praise them and celebrate them for the work that they had done. And Peter and John stopped them and go, hey, listen, listen, listen. You have to understand, like, like, we're just doing what Jesus told us to do. And the glory goes to Jesus alone. And they reminded them, hey, listen, you just sent Jesus to the cross, but this is what he came to do. So in this moment, he's bringing awareness back to the fact that Jesus has come and is with them. So let's pick it up in verse 17. It says, Now, fellow Israelites, I know that you acted in ignorance, as did your leaders. But this is how God fulfilled what he had foretold through all the prophets, saying that his Messiah would suffer. Repent then and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out that times of refreshing may come from the Lord, and that he may send the Messiah, the one who appoints you, even Jesus. Heaven must receive him until the time comes for God to restore everything as he has promised long ago through his holy prophets. For Moses said, the Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among your own people. You must listen to him and everything he tells you. Anyone who does not listen to him will be completely cut off from their people. It's a direct quote from Deuteronomy 18, 15, where Moses says this, the Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among you, from your fellow Israelites. You must listen to him. So even Moses, the one who had set the Israelites free from captivity is proclaiming the coming of Jesus in the future. And also, before we jump into the preaching of God's word, I want to read John 7:37. I think this is so important to understand the arrival, the, the finale that everybody came to an understanding that Jesus filled this role. John 7:37: "On the last and greatest day of the festival, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, "Let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink." Whoever believes in me as a scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. This is so important what Jesus said. Because in this moment, he is fully saying, I am going to fulfill what Deuteronomy 18:15 says. Because listen to this. Moses, back when the, the Israelites were wandering in the desert, what did he do? He took his staff and he struck the rock where water flowed So all the people could drink and have nourishment and have life. Yet Jesus in this picture is coming and fulfilling the words of Moses, becoming the very prophet he spoke of. And he's not coming to bring life in the form of water. He's coming to come with the living water for all of them to drink. So Jesus is fulfilling the prophecy in this moment. And by this, he meant the Spirit, whom those who had believed the final verse of this says, on hearing this, some of the people said, surely this this man is the prophet. It's important to see this man is the prophet. This is the recognition of the people of that time that he is the promised prophet to come. I wanna preach a message today entitled The Final Word. The Final Word. Come on, Jesus. The Final Word. Focusing on Jesus, our prophet. Let's pray over the preaching of God's word. Lord, today we thank you for your word. We thank you that it's speaking to us. Thank you that we can look back in this season and remember and celebrate what you've done. God, open up our minds, open up our ears to hear, soften our hearts, that we would receive your word and be forever changed. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Something you'll come to learn about me is I'm really terrible at protecting the ending of movies. I really, I really, I want to know the ending of movies and I want to tell you the ending of the movie. Like I really want to know, no, stop it. I want to know if the movie is going to end happy or if it's going to end sad. Like I'm one of those suckers that I love happy endings at the end of the movie, right? Except for Hallmark Christmas movies, Like, I know that's a hot take, but I tell you what, those are some of the worst movies ever made on the planet. I know I'm ruining your Christmas right now, but I truly believe they are the worst. And the other night, Brianna and I were sitting down watching one of the most worst movies of all time, a Hallmark movie. And uh, as we're sitting there watching this, I began five minutes in just to tell her the entire plot of this entire movie. This is going to happen. She's going to go here. And then this is going to be the twist. And oh my gosh, it's going to be a shock. But it's going to end happy, right? It's so funny. Like I really do think they're terrible. But I, I, I do love the fact that uh, in the midst of all of this, it does end happy. I love to know the end of where we're going. I love to have perspective on what's going on. Even when I'm watching movies, you would hate watching with me because I have the remote and I'm going to click the down arrow to see where we're at in the movie. Why? Because I want to know how much more of the story is going to unfold. I love to see the story. I love to know the journey. That's my favorite part of the storytelling. If I know the ending, it gives me perspective for where I'm at. And it's so hard for me to get through experiences not knowing that the ending or where it's gonna be. I really love to have perspective. And I actually really truly believe that this is one of the reasons that there were prophets in the Old Testament. Perspective is one of the most powerful tools that God has given us in our lives. When we can pull away from our everyday, from the routine, and from our own mindsets and get perspective on something, it enables us to see it From a different view. This is so important when it comes to following Jesus. Like imagine this. Imagine a kingdom perspective on your job. Now every day you wake up with purpose and understanding that your job holds importance through the eyes of the kingdom. Imagine a kingdom perspective on your relationship. On your dating life. You would look at things in a totally different viewpoint if you saw it from the eyes of the kingdom. Imagine a kingdom perspective on your struggles, on raising your kids, on your finances. Come on, what if we had a God-centered, kingdom-minded perspective? I believe it could change everything about our lives. And in the Old Testament, the people of this time were sitting in between... The ultimate goal of God and the very beginning and the promise. They're sitting here in between the two Adams is how a lot of people love to put it. Adam being the very first human alive who led us into sin for all mankind. And the second Adam who's to come who is Jesus who redeems us from the sin for all mankind from now and forevermore. So the Old Testament is sitting in the in-between needing perspective, needing to see the big picture. And the prophets were tasked with speaking God's word to the people. In the Old Testament, this included both proclaiming God's truth to others and revealing God's plans for the future. Some of the prophets also performed miracles and healings. These people were a mouthpiece of God himself. Their primary role was to make known the word of God, and it often involved calling them back to obedience to God. See, before the mediator Jesus comes into the picture to become our high priest and our prophet, the only access you really had to God was through the priest or it was through the voice of a prophet in your life. This was the Old Testament. For example... When Jeremiah approaches the Israelites and comes with this famous prophecy, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future, right? He's given this this Hobby Lobby plaque for everyone's walls to hold on to. Really, what's happening here is he's looking and saying, you're about to go into 70 years of captivity, And I'm going to come and prophesy into your life and speak the word of God so that you know the end point, so that you know the goal, so that you have perspective in your suffering, so you have perspective in your day to day to know that there's something coming up ahead. Another great prophecy that's in the Bible is one, a prophet, Nathan, who comes to David in the midst of of his adulterous, murderous affair with Bathsheba, and Nathan comes to him and says, hey, we gotta get you back on track to understand what God has called you to do. You gotta come back into alignment with this. They're being brought back into alignment with the ultimate plan, and that plan is Jesus, the Messiah. See, from the beginning of even the Old Testament, the beginning of the world, there's been prophecies of Jesus. Jesus has been woven throughout humanity as the solution to come for these people. And in Deuteronomy eighteen fifteen, this is where Moses first begins to hint at the fact that there is a Messiah coming. There is Jesus coming. It's also hinted about in Isaiah 9, 6, and 7, this famous Christmas scripture where it says, for to us, the child is born. To us, the son is given. The government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne over his kingdom. So do we see this today? That from the outset of humanity, the plan was always Jesus. And I, th- I have this little example right here that I think helps me in my journey of understanding A bit of the Old Testament, I have this anchor right here. It's the first anchor I've ever bought in my life. And uh, if somebody needs this afterwards, you can have it. Um, But I, I just got this picture in my head as I was writing this message this week that Jesus, for the Old Testament, would have been the anchor. He would have been the one sitting at the end of all of their minds. Everyone would have thought, oh, yeah, we have a Messiah coming. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, the plan, even Moses, who brought salvation for all, the, all of Israel, brought it to their minds and said, listen, Jesus is coming. There's someone coming greater than me. Everyone would have known this. But in the Old Testament, what kept happening is throughout the Old Testament, you see it where the Israelites, God's people, veered off course. And in the midst of all that, there was still the anchor. So what were the prophets doing? They were coming alongside and saying, come on, we got to get you back to the on track. We got to get you back into alignment. And they would veer back off course and start following the ways of the world and the plans the enemy had for them. And what would happen is a prophet would come and bring them back on course into the anchor to the solution for everything. See, everything in all the Old Testament was woven together, ending up at this point. Yeah, they might have gone far right. They might have gone left. They might have made some bad choices along the way. Yet the anchor still remained and was ever present coming their way. That they were making their way to the solution, which was Jesus Christ. Do we see this today? You can have that anchor later. See, we see this in Acts verse 18, 3, verse 18. It says this. But this is how God fulfilled What he had foretold through all the prophets saying that the Messiah would suffer. Do we see this today? God fulfilled all that the prophets had said. So everything that a prophet was saying, everything that was told in the Old Testament, everything we read in the Old Testament of this book leads us to the anchor of Jesus Christ. He is the finale to the story The Israelites would have known the ending of the movie. They would have known where they were going. The ending was given away even at the very beginning. Yet because of the sinful world, they were continually veering off course. Every time they would, they would just be brought back into alignment. Listen, this is the plan that God has for you. This is what he wants for your future is Jesus Christ coming, your Messiah. See, Jesus is the culmination of the Old Testament. Every story, every moment is woven together to arrive at Jesus. How blessed are we? How blessed are we to have perspective today? How blessed are we to know the whole story? How blessed are we to see the anchor, to understand what Jesus has done for us? How blessed are we to have a relationship with the living God that these people would never have had? We have perspective. The Old Testament would have just been waiting on the first arrival, just waiting. God, would you come? Messiah, would you come? Waiting for their king. This is why the remembrance of Christmas is so important for believers. Because it places us back into the state of recognizing the power of the person of Jesus and the new covenant he brought with him on his arrival. Amen. 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 He's the final word. The final word. After all the prophets, we finally arrive at the birth of Jesus. Here is our Messiah, Jesus Christ. That word, Christ, means the anointed one. It's the fulfillment of all the prophecies, born into a broken world as a baby, laying in a manger. Our arrival, the fulfillment of the law, our sacrifice, our love letter from God, the final prophet. And now that Jesus comes into the picture, there's really no longer a need for Old Testament prophets as we had a need before. Because Jesus once and for all becomes the mediator between us and God. Not only that, he was the very word of God. He's the final word. We own a Nintendo Switch that I love to play with my kids. and um, Also, we own a Nintendo or Super Nintendo from 1990, right? It was my very first game system, sitting out in the garage. And I remember even a year ago, I went out and grabbed that game system and I tried to plug it all in and I could not get the thing to fully work. It looked terrible on the TV. I needed like a converter. It was a terrible experience and my kids were not interested at all in this old game system. And it was a couple months ago as I'm looking, uh, you know, on our Switch, I realized I can buy this emulator that I can play all of my old childhood games on my Nintendo Switch. And so I download all these games and I start playing these old school games with my boys telling them, like, this is what I grew up, this is what I played with my dad. You know what I mean? It's one of those cool full circle moments. And as I thought more about it, it's interesting because I no longer have a need for that Super Nintendo I no longer need to pull out those cartridges and blow them out just to try to get them to work when you plug them into the thing. Why? Because now I have a better version of that that has all the same games, better controller, better graphics in my hands now. And I really believe this silly example is a great example that shows us what happened when Jesus came. See, he, he took on what was of old onto himself and now carries out everything as Himself. We no longer have a need for the old. We can just rely on the new and what Jesus has done. He is the mouthpiece of God. He is the final word. Come on, John 1 1 says, In the beginning was the word. The word was with God, and the word was God. See, Jesus didn't simply speak the word of God as a mere human prophet, but he himself is the word alive and the word in flesh. In John 1:14, it says this: the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. See, he, Jesus, is the final word, the ultimate revelation of, of God. We no longer need a messenger from God. The role of the Old Testament prophet, we have the messenger from God, Jesus Christ. He's the, the final word, amen. amen? Jesus is filled role. He became the prophet, now and forevermore. So we, we no longer need this rope attached to this anchor to keep us anchored in, like like keeping us on track. No, church, understand this. We we have the anchor. We have the very anchor that the Old Testament longed for. We hold it in our hands. We hold the key to salvation. We know what our future is. We have the spirit of the living God residing within us. Amen, church. Come on, you're holding the anchor. And I pray this Christmas season you can just be reminded That you're holding the answer. You're holding the solution. You're holding the antidote. You're holding the person of Jesus Christ. The answer for your life in your hands at all times now. Come on, we have the anchor. Amen? Amen. 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 So last week we started this Advent devotional. I know these these sermons are a little bit different than we're used to in, in church. I wanted to take some time this Christmas season to really reflect and study what Jesus did. Instead of maybe a topical sermon, I'm gonna come in and bring the truths of teaching of what it means when Jesus came. And I would encourage you to stay strong on this devotional week in, week out. I wanna talk through the four days and maybe give you know, some perspective to them. Day one, in focusing on Jesus, our prophet, Jesus speaks and teaches and acts with authority. See, in his miracles and teaching, Jesus was recognized as the one who spoke with authority about the nature and purposes of God. We see this in Mark one twenty-two. The people were amazed at his teaching because he taught them as one who had authority, not as the teachers of the law. In day two, we're going to be reading that Jesus delivers the message of salvation. See, Jesus proclaims to the world that he is the way of salvation, and no one comes to God the Father unless they come through him. And we read that in Acts 4, 12. It says this, salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. Day three, Jesus shepherds us in truth. See, Jesus protects, tends, and guides the church by the power and truth of his word. He instructs us in the ways of God and leads us on the path of life. In John 10, it talks about Jesus being the good shepherd who has found his sheep and who lays down his life for his sheep. In day four, we'll be reading Jesus is the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. Jesus made our salvation possible through his obedience to the Father at the cross. He completed the work necessary for us to live in freedom of salvation he came to proclaim and Hebrews 12, two says this, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith for the joy set before him. He endured the cross, scorning its shame, sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. So I pray in all these things. Now we can understand these four different days. We can understand what it means to hold the anchor of Jesus Christ in our hands. Amen. 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 I'm going to invite the band up as I conclude. And moving to Florida, there's so many things that are different from the Pacific Northwest. We moved moved from Seattle at the beginning of 2021, and uh, it's a way different world down here in so many ways. The culture feels way different. I mean, it honestly feels like a different country sometimes. Um, But one of the things that's so different is uh, we really do live right under the Bible Belt. I would even say that we live in the Bible Belt compared to the Northwest, Uh, In the Northwest, uh, you're lucky lucky if you see a church on any street. Here in Tampa, you drive down every street, you see five churches. You know what I'm saying? It's a different story here. It's a different uh, reality when it comes to religion. And one of the things that has shocked me about Tampa and this area really is uh, the amount of sidewalk profits. Like, it blows my mind. I am not used to seeing people on the side of the road with a microphone in their hand, sitting with this massive sound system, proclaiming that the end times are coming, and all the, you know, here's all the Old Testament prophets coming out, and they're just going to preach, you know, repent, turn away from your sin, all this kind of stuff. It's such an interesting dynamic seeing it down here. Hear me today. I want you to, to, to understand this. These people have misunderstood the role that Jesus came to fill. They take the mission of the Old Testament prophet and have attempted to hold that role. But really, if we can just be honest today, that role has become obsolete. The role of the Old Testament prophet has become obsolete. And I know the argument would be Ephesians 4.11 where it says... That Jesus himself gave apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and teachers to equip the people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. I believe the reality is, is this, that the role of a prophet changed after the final word of Jesus came. We no longer needed or need prophets to bring us back into alignment with that. Why? Because we have the anchor. So the Old Testament prophet, pre-Jesus, would have been preaching, teaching, discipling, predicting, and performing miracles. But post-Jesus, the new role of the prophet is encouragement, comfort, strengthening, and upbuilding. Come on, there's no longer a need for a predicting prophecy. Jesus has given us the final word of what's to come. We are now living in the in-between of two advents the prophecy given to us by Jesus, the final word. Man, I've heard so many things in my life where people get up and say, in 2025, there's gonna be a move of God and a revival that sweeps through the land, and I go, that's great. The reality is revival is now. Revival happens when people lay down their life. Revival happens when people surrender their lives to God. That's revival. It's open and accessible. We're not getting a percentage of the Holy Spirit when we say yes to God. We get the entirety of the Holy Spirit within us. Come on, church. We don't need to think, oh, I hope that move of God comes. We're living in a move of God. Every day when you wake up, it should be a move of God in your house. It should be a move of God in your life. Revival should be stirring inside of you every single moment of every single day. Come on, we're not predicting stuff anymore. We're living in it. We gotta have perspective to see that. We're holding the anchor in our hand. In Acts 3, 18 through 23. Verse 18 says, but this is how God fulfilled, everybody say fulfilled. What he had foretold through all the prophets, saying that Messiah would suffer. It's fulfilled through every prophet. Every word of the Old Testament fulfilled in the person of Jesus. And what do we do from here with that? What a powerful thing to understand. Should change everything about everything. And I love to look through the lens of Peter and John addressing the crowds. See, you have to remember in this moment that The crowds of people that they're speaking to just weeks or maybe months before were standing on the side of the road, cursing Jesus, saying, crucify him. These are the people they're talking to. They're talking to the people that would have gone up to the foot of the cross and spit at Jesus' feet and rejected him as the Messiah. So they're coming and telling these people, listen, listen. God fulfilled all that he foretold through the prophets through Jesus Christ. So, what do they do from here? I love this. I love this. Verse 19, it says this Repent then and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out, that times of refreshing may come from the Lord. Oh, man. Do you just, I, do we see the grace of Jesus? Come on, church. I hope we can be so aware in this moment of the grace of Jesus woven throughout the entire story. The people that rejected, the people that scorned, the people that cursed Jesus. When they come into awareness, oh, that was the Messiah. They're not met with opposition. They're met with, here's what you do. Repent, turn from your wicked ways. And there will be refreshing. Isn't the grace of God so beautiful? Would you stand to your feet? Close your eyes. And I don't know in this room if anybody's in here that would say that they're hearing this message today. And it's like the scales have lifted from their eyes and they can see clearly the grace of Jesus like these people would have saw clearly in that time. But if that's you, if you feel like today is that day, we love to give an, a moment in every service where people can acknowledge that they want to simply say that they believe in Jesus. That's all this moment will be. I'm gonna count to three and at the count of three, if that's you, I ask you just to raise your hand and just to let us know that yeah, today, Everything you're saying, I believe it's true. I believe in the gospel presentation today, what Jesus did and that he came. That's all this moment is, just saying I believe. One, know that God loves you so much he sent his one and only son to die on the cross for you so that you could know life. Two, the Bible says today is the day of salvation. Come on, you don't need to wait any longer. This is your moment right here now. Three, if that's you, if you'd say, yeah, I believe in what you're saying. Would you just raise your hand across this room? I see your hand. I see your hand. Hallelujah. Come on. Anybody else? I say Yes. I see your hand. Come on. Beautiful. Thank you, Jesus. Well, we're so glad that you have the courage to raise your hand in this moment. And in just a moment, we want to pray a prayer with you and celebrate with you the choice that you have made. Welcome to the family. Welcome to the best decision of your entire life. Yeah. The Bible says that if we confess with our mouth and believe in our heart, then we will be saved. Yeah. <clears throat> welcome to salvation. Yeah. Welcome to the first step in this beautiful journey. When we hear a message like this that is very teaching, I know, thank you guys for staying with me for all of that. It's interesting because I do believe that the gospel leads us to action. There's stuff that happens when we get awoken by the truth that we take action because of what we've learned. And I wanna take a second and conclude the power of verse 20 in Acts 3, because it says this, first of all, in 19, repent, turn from God, the times of refreshing may come from the Lord, verse 20, and that he may send the Messiah, the one who has been appointed to you, even Jesus. Come on, so often just from service level, when we read that, we can think, okay, yeah, he's sending the Messiah, Jesus, no, listen. And he may send the Messiah, the anointed one, meaning the Holy Spirit, the same Holy Spirit that empowered Jesus to live a life and die A death for us the same Holy Spirit that rose him from the grave come on church this is what he's offering to us when we repent and turn from our sins and listen what Peter does in Acts 3 is he applies Deuteronomy 18 which is so important making him the final word the word that all verse 18 is so important it brings it all together and boils down to this one point it's all about Jesus that all things will come to be fulfilled in Jesus. Even the Bible says that all the promises are yes and amen in Jesus, in Him. So what does that mean for us? I got three quick, simple little things that I believe should hold significance when we hear this message. It should change us when we walk out of this place. First of all is this, cling to the words of Jesus. Come on, his words, he is the final word. He is the final prophet. What he says is final. We should cling to the words of Jesus. We should glean from them. We should chase after them and pursue them. Allow them to speak to us. Allow them to lead us. Allow them to nurture us, and train us in the ways of righteousness. We gotta cling to the words that Jesus spoke. Number two, we gotta live out the example that Jesus said. Come on, he set for us the perfect example. He lived a perfect life. His life was perfect and he went to death. This is the example for our lives. Every day we got to live a life of sacrifice. Every day we got to pursue the perfection that Jesus offers to us. And number 3, we got to hope in the advent of him to come. We got to hope in the next arrival. Come on, church. We got to have hope. We got to look through the eyes of eternity say, that's on The horizon, it should give us some urgency today. It should give us some expectancy today to say, yes, he's coming back again. Come on, church. It should lead us to action today. I pray that this Christmas message will help you, will encourage you, and strengthen your faith in the journey. I think the best response we can have is to sing this bridge that Bobby wrote, you don't want heights. It's not about this artificial love. So can we just raise our hands as an act of surrender? Can we sing this bridge out together? Thank you for listening to the Grace City, Tampa podcast. Stay tuned for more weekly messages from our church.